babe. Say, how about a little kick? Ouch. Does that answer your question, buddy? The Adventures of Maisie, starring Ann Southern. You all remember Metro-Goldwyn-Mayer's famous Maisie picture. In just a moment, you'll hear Maisie in radio, starring the same glamorous star you all went to see and loved on the screen, Ann Southern. But first, your announcer. I kicked it a little too hard because ever since that I've been in show business. Anyway, this morning my agent called me from the phone booth, which is his office. It seems that some rich society matron was given a big banquet out in her mansion in upstate New York, and she needed an act, so I was hired. The banquet isn't set until 10 tonight, but I decided to start out early because traveling schedules are so uncertain these days, especially when you're hitchhiking. So when I finally arrived in the town where Mrs. Hargraves lives and struggled a few miles up the private road that leads to this oversized country club she calls home, I was so tired I had to back up and take a run and start to press the doorbell. You? Oh, good afternoon, honey. I'm Major Revere. Max sent me. Max? Max Howard. Oh, the theatrical agent. Yeah, that's what I said. Well, I'd like to see Mrs. Hargrave. I am she. Oh, well, I'm sorry, honey. I didn't think you rich dames ever did your own door opening. (laughs) Disgusting, isn't it, my dear? Yeah. But you probably know the inferior caliber of servants one gets nowadays. Oh, yes. Aren't they just too, too lousy? Oh, well, um, Mrs. Hargrave's... Just how much do I get for my performance tonight? Max forgot to mention the money. Money? Miss Revere, tonight's affair is a benefit. No wonder he forgot to mention it. Uh, Yes, my dear. You see, I am extending the use of my home to raise funds for my favorite charity. Oh, what is it? To build a home for destitute polo players? (laughs) Hardly, my dear. We intend to use the proceeds to enlarge the facilities of our local orphanage. Orphanage? Yes, Miss Revere. Oh. Uh, there are just oodles of unfortunates in the world who don't know where their next meal is coming from. You ain't kidding. Okay, honey, you can include me in. Oh, then you will perform tonight. That's very kind of you, Miss Revere. Well, you're the one who's very kind, Mrs. Hargraves. Not many people in your circumstances would knock themselves out for a lot of unhappy kids who came into the world with two strikes on them. This town should remember and appreciate what you're doing, Mrs. Hargraves. Uh, yes, so my publicity agent assured me. Oh, you have a publicity agent for your charities, huh? The best money can buy, my dear. 
He even arranged to have Senator Hungerford fly down from Washington to be our guest speaker. Uh, the senator just returned from Europe, you know. Didn't know. <laughs> Sounds like it's going to be a million laughs. Uh, yes. And my publicity agent was the one who thought of the bizarre idea of having the children of the orphanage wait on the tables. Uh, the older ones, naturally. Oh, naturally. The toddling ones couldn't hold as much on the trays. Oh, Mrs. Harpage, I got a message. Oh, oh. Pardon me, I didn't know you had company. Well, do come in, Jerry. Uh, Mr. Dear, this is Jerry, uh, something or other. He's one of our dear orphans. Uh, Jerry, this is Mr. Dear. Oh, how do you do? Well, one of the older boys, no doubt. Hi, Jerry. Wow. Uh, what are you doing in here, boy? You well, should be in the banquet room with the rest of the waiters, rehearsing your serve from the left, removed from the right. Oh, yeah, but I, I'm, I'm sorry, Mr. Hargraves, but I just came in to give you a telephone message. Senator Hungerford just phoned. He, he ran out of gas. Ran out of gas? Mm-hmm. You mean he don't even have enough left to make a speech tonight? Uh, his private plane was forced down out in Carterville someplace. No fuel. Oh, but this is but awful. Now I'll have to call off the banquet. Jerry, hmm? this is an emergency. Can't you think of somebody who could start things off with a nice fat donation? Oh, well, let's see. Uh, there's uh, Ben Gibbs. The junk dealer? Yeah, he made millions. Yeah, that's a lot of junk. I don't like junk. Mr. Gibbs is sweet on you, Mrs. Hargrave. See, he likes junk. What? Uh, I mean, well, we got to have somebody make a speech, Mrs. Hargrave, to, to start the ball rolling. Oh, I wonder if we could possibly persuade Elias Edwards. The president of the bank? Yes, I, I've never been introduced formally to Mr. Edwards. But, oh, he's so handsome and so single. Ah, oh, he's a stuffed shirt. Yeah, but Mrs. Hargrave likes what it's stuffed with. <laughs> Well, what do you say, Mrs. Hargraves? How's about calling this Mr. Edwards and asking him to speech the guests into loosening up their money belt? Oh, why, 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 I couldn't possibly approach a man I've never been introduced to, Miss Revere. Yeah, I, I guess it's no use, Miss Revere. Mr. Edwards is pretty unapproachable. Not for me, he ain't. I'll talk to Mr. Edwards. Oh, wonderful. Uh, Miss Revere, you can appreciate my position. After all, a woman like myself does have her dignity. Well, a woman like me don't. My dignity was removed years ago with my tonsils. But, Mr. Edwards, don't you understand? I don't want you to do much. Just make one crummy speech. And I'm sure you're just the man that can do it. Well, thank you so much for your confidence, Miss Revere, but I can't do it tonight. I'm leaving in a few minutes for California. The trout are biting like crazy, they tell me. Hmm, with the kind of heart you've got, you'd probably bite back. Mr. Edwards, since when are fish more important than people? Uh, Mr. Edwards, sir... Uh, what is it, Wilkins? I have all your fishing gear packed, sir, but I can't close the suitcase. I tried sitting on it, sir. Well, I've got to have that thing locked and ready. My train leaves in 20 minutes. I'll go in and we'll both sit on it, Wilkins. Yeah, two heads are better than one. I'm awfully sorry, Miss Revere, but, uh, well, I guess I've got fish in my blood. Really? Are they swimming upstream or downstream? Oh, oh, that's very good. (laughs) Wilkins? I don't really get it, sir. Mr. Edwards, uh, what's the biggest fish you ever caught? Oh, about 25 pounds. Well, how would you like to land one that weighs in the neighborhood of 160? Would I? Gosh, that'd look wonderful mounted on the wall over my mantelpiece. 
That I gotta say. Yeah, of course, I don't have the equipment to land anything like that. Well, Mrs. Hargraves thinks you have. She thinks you're the handsomest, most intelligent, most brilliant man that ever spoke at a charity banquet. Hey, look, I can't speak in any bay. Ooh, she does. Uh-huh. She's the most attractive widow in town. Yeah, I hear that she's worth millions. Uh, I mean, uh, that's interesting. I'll have to meet this Mrs. Hargrave. Well, swell. Uh, right after I get back from my fishing trip. Oh. All right for you, Mr. Edwards. I'll get Ben Gibbs to be the guest speaker. Old junk man Gibbs make a speech? Why, that ignoramus can't even write his name. Maybe not, but he can make other people write their names on checks, I hope. Goodbye, Mr. Edwards, and I hope... Well, I hope you get knots in your lines. Hmm. How can a person get so angry over nothing? Mrs. Hargrave. Oh, <laughs> uh, Wilkins. Uh, you call, sir? Uh, yes, uh, Wilkins. Have you ever seen a woman called Mrs. Hargrave? She's new to our community, I believe. Oh, yes, sir. She's the frightfully wealthy widowed lady who resides in that huge estate on Spruce Street. You mean the one with the huge veranda? Yes, sir. That's Mrs. Hargraves. She's quite charming, however, I've been told. Uh, she's unmarried, of course. Oh, yes, sir. Three times, I believe. And gossip has it that each one of her husbands left her, if you'll pardon the expression, sir, loaded. Yes, quite charming. It's too bad the lady has to depend on Ben Gibbs as guest speaker at her big charity dinner. Yes, sir. Shall I unpack, sir? Yes, I'm going to make that speech tonight. Ben Gibbs has enough money already. Well, I'd better get out my copy of Ogilvy. Ogilvy, sir? Uh, Ogilvy's 50 speeches for any 50 occasions. There must be one in there that'll impress Mrs. Hargrave. Uh, I mean, uh, soften up the guest again. Uh, get me the book, Wilkins. It's in the library. Uh, the secret panel on the third shelf. Oh, yes, sir. I remember, sir. Where you hide your comic books, sir. Gosh, Mr. Veer, you ain't fooling about this. You want I should be guest speaker at Melissa's clam bite? That's right, Mr. Gibbs. Yeah, Mrs. Hargraves wanted an intelligent, cultured, and educated man to make the speech. Yeah, but we settled for you. Gosh, this is indeed an honor. Well, Mrs. Hargraves wasn't too happy. Huh? About asking you to give up your valuable time tonight. Yeah, yeah. She, she realizes that you're, you're much in demand as a, a speaker. Knowing so much about junk like you do. Oh, yeah, yeah. I made two million that last year. The five dump yards. Yeah, nobody can even come close to Ben Gibbs. I know. Gary, open the window, please, huh? Oh, yeah, it might help. Uh, of course, uh, Mr. Gibbs, I thought, I mean, Mrs. Hargraves thought that it would, well, sort of start the contributions coming in if you were... Gave the first one, say, 10000 10000 Uh, Well, Mrs. Hargraves didn't expect you to give as much as Mr. Edwards. Why not, huh? I can buy and sell that show off any day. I'll give 20000 20 You think that'll make Mrs. Hargraves see what kind of guy I am? She's real class, you know, real class. Yeah, and so appreciative, too, when it comes to contributions for the orphans. Jerry, uh -huh. uh, do you remember what Mrs. Hargraves did when Mr. Edwards gave his check in advance for, um, uh, 25000 25000 mm -hmm. Uh... 
Oh, Sweeper, I don't remember. But I do. She kissed him. She did? Mm-hmm. Oh, I mean, I mean she did. Yeah. Gosh, for yeah. a kiss, I'd have given 50000 That's what I hope. Now, you're going to get your chance tonight, Mr. Gibbs. You give that kind of dough and you're going to get a kiss. Even if I have to do it myself. <laughs> yeah, now, uh, you got any speech to start the other contributions, Mr. Gibbs? Yeah. Well, now, no, let's see. Um, I'll say, uh, ladies and gentlemen. That's always a good beginning. What did you say after that? After that, I'm stuck. Uh, I was a little afraid of that. Oh, say, I got a book of great speeches. It was given to me when I won the public speaking contest at the orphanage. It's called Ogilvy's 50 Speeches for 50 Occasions. Oh, that's great, Jerry. We'll pick one out for Mr. Gibbs to memorize and use tonight. Gentlemen, is the message I want to bring you tonight. I thank you. Applause, please, Wilkins. Oh, yes, sir. If I may say so, sir, you did a marvelous job of memorizing it in such short order. Yeah, when something has to be done, Wilkins, it must be done. After all, Mrs. Hargrave's money, I mean charity, is calling for me. Oh, yes. Yes, Yes, sir. Wilkins, run down to Ben Gibbs' junkyard and tell that Miss Revere she needn't bother with Gibbs for the banquet. I have decided to be guest speaker. Oh, yes, sir. At once, sir. Uh, While you're gone, I think I'll run through my speech a few more times. (coughs) Ladies and gentlemen, from the Straits of Singapore to the snow-capped mountains of Alaska... From the desert sands of Arabia to the green glens of Scotland. From the... Well, Maisie, how do you think my speech sounds? Terrific. And it only took you two hours to memorize the first paragraph. Well, those are big words. <laughs> Gosh, you think Melissa and them hoity-toity guests will suspect I got this here speech for out of a book for out of a... Oh, not a chance, Mr. Gibbs. No, no. Now, take your speech again, Mr. Gibbs, from the beginning. Okay. Mm-hmm. Now, here I go. <clears throat> Ladies and gentlemen, mm-hmm. from the straits of Singapore to the snow-capped mountains of Alaska, from the desert sands of Arabia to the green glens of Scotland... Oh, hold it, chum, hold it. Come in. Oh, hello. Uh, good afternoon, Miss, uh, Mr. Edwards sent me to... Uh, look, we're busy right now, Buster. Yeah, and we got a few rough spots to iron out in Mr. Gibbs' speech for tonight. But, Miss, I... Uh, well, now, look, yeah. listen, listen to this speech and see what you think. Go ahead, Mr. Gibbs. Okay. Uh, <clears throat> ladies and gentlemen... From the Straits of Singapore to the snow-capped mountains of Alaska, from the desert sands of Arabia uh, to the to the to the green glens of Scotland. Thanks. To, to the green glens of Scotland. Hey, how'd you guess? You been getting a preview at the keyhole? Oh, hardly, Miss, but. That is exactly the speech Mr. Edwards intends to give at the banquet tonight. Mr. Edwards? But he's going fishing. 
That's where we got stuck with it. I mean, um, prevailed on Mr. Gibbs here to make the speech. Yeah, everybody in this here town thinks I ain't got no brains, and tonight I'm going to show uh, The reason I'm here, miss, is to inform you that Mr. Edwards has changed his plans. He telephoned Mrs. Hargreaves just an hour ago and agreed to make the speech tonight. He's going to be the first speaker. The first speaker? He's going to give my speech before I do? Maisie, if he does, I ain't going to give no $50,000. Uh-oh. Maisie, what are we going to do? I don't know, Jerry. But it looks like those people are going to get awful sick of those snow-capped mountains of Alaska. <laughs> Adventures of Maisie, starring Anne Southern, will continue in just a moment. You shouldn't stay around just for a measly little banquet. Measly, Miss Revere? This is for charity, and charity begins at home. But we'll get along, Mr. Edwards. Ben Gibbs can make the speech. In my place? Ridiculous. Yeah, ain't it? I don't want to appear egotistical, Miss Revere, but if Ben Gibbs gives a speech, it just won't be the same thing. Want to bet? I don't mind a little competition. We'll both make speeches. I'll speak first, and after I get through, I'll give the floor to give. You won't have to give it to him. It'll probably come right up and hit him. <laughs> well, I dare say you're right. <laughs> if Gibbs desires to make a fool of himself with the speech after I'm finished with mine, let him. No, but Mr. Edwards, a speech by Mr. Gibbs means money in the bank for the orphanage. Yeah, my speech will mean money in the bank, too. The attractive Mrs. Hargraves is bound to be impressed by my stirring address. Attractive? Uh, Mrs. Hargraves attractive? Do <laughs> you hear that, Jerry? Yeah. <laughs> oh. Why, I've seen better looking heads than hers at a glass of stale beer. Oh, you women, all alike, always jealous. Oh, but Mr. Edwards, Mr. Gibbs is all ready to I'll make that... skip it, Jerry. Mr. Edwards has gone for Mrs. Moneybags, hook, line, and speaker. So that's how it is, Mr. Gibbs. We tried our best, but Mr. Edwards insists on making that speech. Well, I guess that washes me up. But, Ben, can't you forget yourself and try to realize that this is for orphans? And maybe with Mr. Edwards making the speech, they could take in maybe another 50000 So what? If it's just a case of money, I'll be willing to double my donation. Give 100000 Only on the condition that I make that opening speech. Well, you just made yourself a deal, Mr. Gibbs. Jerry and the kids are going to be waiting on tables tonight. I've got a plan. Of course, it might make Mr. Edwards see red. 
I'll raise my donation to 150000 Put on your rose-colored glasses, Mr. Edwards. You're seeing red tonight. How are me and the fellas doing, Miss Revere? Everything worked out like you planned? Yes, yeah, Jerry. Now hold the next course here in the kitchen for a little while longer than the others. Oh, gosh, Miss Revere, I'll never forget the look on Mr. Edwards when I tripped serving him the shrimp cocktail. <laughs> Was he embarrassed? Yeah, I noticed his face turned red. Oh, uh, that was from the cocktail sauce. <laughs> well, you're doing swell, fellas. Now, all we got to do is irritate Mr. Edwards a little more, and he'll leave immediately for that fishing trip without giving his speech. Yeah, then Mr. Gibbs will take over, and the orphanage will be richer by 150000 bucks. Wow. <laughs> Gosh, I can't wait till we get to serve the iced tea. Gee, I, I hope I don't make a mistake and drop it down Mrs. Hargrave's front instead of Mr. Edwards' back like I did the wine. Maisie, Maisie, something awful has happened. Oh, gosh, Mr. Gibbs, don't tell me you forgot your speech. Oh, no. Um, ladies and gentlemen, from the Straits of Singapore to the... Not yet, Ben, not yet. What happened? The after-dinner speeches. Well, what about them? They're not going to be after-dinner. Edward says he's going to speak right now, so Mrs. Hargraves is starting right now. Uh-oh. Well, fellas, I guess we've got to use the last trick in the book. You remember, fellas? Oh, yeah, yeah. Sure, Miss Mr. Gibbs and I have to get back to the banquet. You boys know what to do. Now, come on, Ben. You ready? Oh, sure. Ladies and gentlemen, from the Straits oh, of Singapore... Oh, not to... yet, Ben. Not yet. Well, you returned just in time, Miss Revere. And you too. Don't you remember me, Melissa? I bought you Louis the 13th chair. It was Louis XIV. Oh, all right. So he was one Louis away. Now, if everybody will be seated and come to attention. Uh, ladies and gentlemen. Macy, she stole my speech. Oh, quiet, Ben. All speeches start that way. Although our first speaker, uh, Senator Hungerford, E. Clifton Hungerford, was unavoidably detained, we have been, shall we say, most fortunate in securing a wonderful, brilliant, charming personage, personally, to take his place. Three cheers for Mr. Gibbs. Ladies and gentlemen, from the straight I beg your I beg your pardon. Mr. Gibbs is our second speaker, unfortunately. I was referring to that charming, brilliant personality, Elias J. Edwards. <laughs> The applause is very flattering, but Mr. Edwards has to leave pretty soon, so please stop applauding. To Mr. Edwards. Yeah, sorry. Quiet, everybody, quiet, quiet. Mr. Edwards is going to speak. <coughs> oh, oh, well, you yeah, don't yeah. speak very distinctly, Mr. Edwards. Yeah, I was just clearing my throat. Oh, do you have a cold? No. Ladies and Because gentlemen. if you do have a cold, my grandmother has a wonderful remedy. I'm so glad. Uh, ladies and she gentlemen. She always said salt air was good for a cold. Ladies and gentlemen. Of course, if you can't get salt air, you can wave a herring in front of your nose. Uh, Miss Revere, please. Uh, now, uh, ladies and gentlemen. 
At the end of his speech, Ben Gibbs said something I'll never forget. He said, I'm a millionaire many times over. I've got more than anyone here, and I've got less than anyone here. I have no mother and father. Well, I've got to be on my way back home now. And, see, don't you start complaining again. Something's got more trouble than you. You've just heard The Adventures of Maisie, starring Ann Southern. Maisie was written by Arthur Phillips. Original music was composed and conducted by Harry Zimmerman. Supporting cast included Elvia Allman, Sidney Miller, Frank Nelson, Frederick Warlock, Hans Conried, and Peter Lee. Jack McCoy speaking. <laughs>